You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels podcast. This is our 17th episode of season three for the episode uh, Double Agent Droid. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's happening, Mike and Star Wars Rebels fans? And hey, I'm sorry I was a little late jumping on the computer mic. I was in the bathroom, and unfortunately, that's not the only time I'm going to talk about bathrooms in this episode. (laughs) But, oh, re, oh, I'm sorry, refreshers. Sorry, refresher, refreshers. yeah. Um, we got wow. we got two firsts in this in this week's episode. We got our first Star Wars character wearing glasses. Well, first human character wearing glasses. I think we've seen aliens uh, yeah, with glasses-like yeah. things. But um, uh, first first human character with glasses, and uh, and and the first canon reference to a refresher which has been a legends thing for a very long time oh, yeah. um <clears throat> i think it showed up at first in like the timothy zahn stuff with chewbacca but uh anyways uh before we jump into uh double agent droid uh let's yeah. uh let's let's get the news now here's the latest from a galaxy far Far away. Right away, sir. All right, Michael, we'll jump through these news items fairly quick here so we can get to this crazy good episode. Mm. Uh, yeah. Hey, so, so uh, uh, hey, in the realm of comics, Marvel has announced something again, a, a new Darth Vader series, which here's the thing. I am a huge Darth Vader fan, and I'm going to read this thing, but... Once again, we're set in the era of right, episode, right after episode three. So we're going to see what happens with Luke or what happens with Vader and how he builds his lightsaber and this and that. And, and that's fine. That's OK. But man, what are we going to get something after six? You know what I mean? Are, there, there must be something going on that they're not allowed to go after that marquee. I don't know. What do you think? I'm look, Dude, I'm telling you, Dave Filoni is no longer the supervising director or whatever, right? It changed to, um, um, oh, I had it, and then I lost his name. Anyways, it changed to this other guy. 
Oh, that's, Justin Ridge. Yeah, Justin Ridge. Yeah, that's been doing it for. I was I I had Justin Ridge, and then my brain turned it into Jason Swank, and I'm like, no, Jason Swank's not <laughs> directing Star Wars stuff. He's uh he's on uh, Rebel Force Radio. I I but I they swapped that over, and everybody was like was like, oh my god, what does this mean? And then Dave Filoni's like, it doesn't mean anything. Everybody look over there. Everything's fine. What it means is that he's working on whatever comes next uh, after Star Wars Rebels because I uh, look like see, I I said this about Clone Wars and and I was only about a year off the mark I think um, because we were coming up on the end of Clone Wars um, <clears throat> when I started saying that and I was I, I was I was correct I just had it I just had my timing off by about a year but <clears throat> this time like season five is going to be the last season of star wars rebels if not season Five or four, four. Oh, well okay. four is Sorry. what's coming up right um yeah, but like yeah. if if not four then season five will be the last season for sure um yeah. because where they are right now like they like the season four episodes are written and recorded right like they're working on the animation at this point um season five would be where they're writing at the moment and my guess is that there is no season five. Season four is the end of the series. And that whatever Dave Filoni is working on right now, the, the group that he's putting together, the team that he's putting together, is for a series that takes place between uh, six and seven. And mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what that's going to look like or, or you know, um, what characters will be involved in that. But... I do think that like if you if you put that timeline out there, we got episode eight at the end of the year, and I think after episode eight, a lot of stuff's going to be revealed. We're going to know a lot about what happened in between, um, or at least we're going to have the capacity to go back because the main mysteries are going to be revealed. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in so far as like where was Luke Skywalker, uh, what happened with. Uh, with Kylo Ren. I don't know if Ray's mystery will be revealed in this one. I think they might actually save that for nine. But but I do think that like once we get that Luke Skywalker Kylo Ren story, we find out from Luke how Ben fell to the dark side, or not necessarily to the dark side, but but fell under the power of Snoke and where Snoke came from. I think that that is the perfect opportunity to go back and uh, and and tell that story in an animated form um mm-hmm. and i think that you just get mark hamill to voice luke skywalker and you just you know like you just grab <laughs> a few other people awesome. and i yeah. i and then you just tell that story and um it would be a refreshing change for them for them to go back and start telling stories about characters that we already know um because the thing with star wars rebels is that is that these are characters that are wholly new um, and it's been fun learning about them and discovering them, but you know, we all want the Luke and the Han and the Leia and Lando and all that stuff. Although Lando has been in rebels, but, um, yeah, I, I think that that'll be like the perfect opportunity for them to do that. Um, and so that's what I think is coming. So when you say, where's the stuff after six, uh, we got that little taste yeah. of immediately so. after yeah. and, um, the aftermath trilogy ended, right? And the aftermath trilogy basically right. ends with with 
Ben Solo being born, right? Um, I haven't read it because uh, uh, I, I made it half. I made it, I think, half an hour into the second book and was like, really, really, really? This is what we're hmm. going to do again? I, no, I'm good. I don't need to listen to all of this um, yeah. on audiobook, obviously. But I, uh, so I just kind of get the cliff notes off of uh, Wikipedia or whatever so that I know what, oh, what yeah. generally yeah. happens. Uh, and I believe that it ends sometime around there and sort of with the galaxy in, in, in that state, sort of getting ready to, to build up the new Jedi and, and, uh, and, and the new Republic and all that stuff with the empire wiped out, um, after the battle of Jakku and all that. But I like, that's as far as we've gotten. Right. And then we have a little tiny bit from immediately before the force awakens, um, mm. the majority of which is actually coming from the Poe Dameron comic, um, in which like we've learned all about Poe Dameron's missions, uh, and 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 I mean like we haven't gotten to the point of him making it to Jakku yet, but and I don't think that that's going to happen for a little while, but like we're close. Um, mm. He's tracking down uh, uh, Lor Santeca in the comics, like that's one of the storylines, and he's a little sidetracked right now, but. But that's basically where where that story is going, um, and we got a couple of those little novel tie-ins and stuff like that. But there's still that whole uh, chunk of time in between that we need to learn, and oh, yeah. uh, I, they're, they're going to get to it. I think it's just when it, yeah. the timing yeah. is right. Yeah, I just I it's crazy to think that you know, yeah, like you said, we have the books, um, but all these comics, man, they're just I guess the comics, like you said, Poe is going into that realm but yeah uh, yeah and, and i'm a huge vader fan so of course i'm gonna read this thing but man i was like geez another one set in that kind of era it's like man okay i'm yeah starting to, i'm ready for something else so, well it's funny because yeah, we'll like they can't play post jedi because you know there's so so many mysteries that are yet to be revealed there and then yeah, they I can't play the problem, yeah. they can't play in between the prequels because they've already got star wars rebels and then rogue one is in that territory and then i i han solo's in that territory right before a new hope they can go like right after revenge of the sith which they did with the ahsoka novel um and 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 they can they can they could theoretically play way before the prequels but they haven't done anything with that yet um, right <clears throat> yeah i don't know it's it, it's very odd to me I, like i feel like they're they're i we talked about this a lot when rebels was sort of being announced and we were learning bits and pieces that they're playing in that classic era um and then we saw the force awakens and the force awakens was all you know it's the sequel but it's all very familiar right um mm. It's almost like that scene in Back to the Future too, where they have the the because in Back to the Future they have the whole the whole chase around around uh, Hill Valley Square, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like by the clock tower, and then in Back to the Future too, it happens again, but this time on hoverboards. And old Biff <laughs> right, is right. like something very familiar about all this, <laughs> and it's yeah. like that's what the Force yeah. Awakens was like. It was like the Stormtrooper armor is new. The X wings have these split wing designs. The Tie Fighters are pretty much the same. It's very familiar. This is very, very familiar, um, but yeah. completely new, right? Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and, and and then you know, Rogue One obviously is like you guys, you guys, the classic trilogy is the best trilogy, um, yeah. and 
uh, like we said a lot, like yeah, there's a very good reason for this. They need to win back the general audience and um, mission accomplished. You guys oh, did yeah. it. It's over. Yeah. Uh, start yeah. telling some interesting stories now. Stop talking about things that happened between four and five because mm-hmm. there's only so much time that can take place in between those movies. I get right. sick of it. I get so sick of it, but yeah. I don't know when. Well, this... I think you said it. You actually. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I just don't know when this book is is specifically taking place. This new Darth Vader comic, but I it have to said imagine. after episode three. After episode three. Oh, okay. So it's between three and four. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's somewhat interesting, at least. Yeah, because they're talking about you know how he constructed his his red lightsaber and okay. that kind of thing. So. Um, but yeah, but here's the point you made, and I sometimes I forget about this. Is you're right that the stuff between six and seven, we still have yet these two more. You know, we still got eight, and nine to deal with, and they yeah. might be some. There's some things in there they don't want to spoil yet, and they can't do necessarily things in that time period yet because they have to wait until these movies come out, maybe or or at least the next one, and before they go uh, into some of the because like you said, Snoke. I mean, if they do a, mm-hmm. something about after episode six and involves Snoke, well, we don't exactly know what Snoke is yet. We can't, they can't really do a, they don't want to spoil it in a comic or probably an animated show. So they're going to wait. So I totally get that. Um, but yeah, I'll be checking this out. Other news, Walt Disney conducted their uh, shareholder meeting and I'm sure everybody's heard about this and it's been all over uh, Twitter and everywhere about mm-hmm. uh, some, you know, they got to see uh, like a little sizzle reel and they got some shots of the, the movie and some locations and, Apparently, Luke saying some first words uh, to Ray, uh, which um, if you don't want to hear, just skip ahead for a minute here. But uh, it was basically just saying, I think he says, um, who are you? But the context of when he says it is still in question right now. So not that's not necessarily his first words. Uh, I think that's the quote. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. hearing that, Mike. Um, yeah, basically, but- yeah. I wish I was a shareholder. And I got to see this, but uh, don't fret. We're going to see this stuff in less what a month away. We got celebration coming, so we're going to get all a bunch of stuff. But it was oh, kind of we're so close. There was some, you know, the buzz is already there. The shareholders meeting and some stuff. Some guy was there and he was tweeting about everything he saw. And so um, you know, it's it's just you know more stuff to get us hyped up for this movie. Um, any yeah. thoughts on what's going on with this, Mike? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that, that shareholders, you know, that's the, the perks of being a member, right? That's they, the, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they just get that early access, um, which is which is cool for them, kind of sucks for us. Um, and, you know, I it, it, I really, like, I want to be a Disney shareholder. I've, like, like looked into it and everything. And, and whenever this happens, uh, it always drives me nuts because I'm always like, ah, I just need to put some <laughs> yeah. money in there and then I can be like, yeah. there's the barrier to entry to becoming a, a Disney shareholder is actually very low. Um, but uh, but you got to do it. You got to you got to have a little. That's bit what of I was going to ask you. Now. I was going to say I was going to ask, you know, hey, if I put a hundred bucks in the Disney shares, can I go see this footage or, or how does yeah. this work? You know, can I, think, I, can I get invited to this? I think the shares are trading bucks. somewhere around around like I, I not not the share and not a single share. But I think that you can buy in with their shareholder program at something like fifty dollars US, yeah. um, and and like but what that is is you basically go on like a monthly program, where mm-hmm. like they they'll they'll debit you fifty dollars a month, um, yeah. and you'll you know you get equity in the company for that fifty dollars. So yeah. uh, and you and can do more think- or whatever. But like it's their shareholders program. 
people yeah. can just Google it. Like it's not, this is not a, a, a secret, right? Like this is like Disney wants you to know about it because guess what? That's where they get all their money from. <laughs> like that's, they make yeah. a lot of money off of the shareholder program. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in, in being a part of that for reasons like this. So um, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll be able to give a report, but I think you're also like, I think we, there's also like an NDA involved in that. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure it's probably only for super high investors that get to see some of the stuff. I don't think mm-hmm. Joe Schmo on the street probably can walk. Hey, I, I, you know, like me calling in and say, Hey, I gave a hundred bucks to the shares. Where's, you know, well, can I have they, a copy of this video or what's going they on? They do here? like, they yeah. do a webcast. They have like a, oh, a, okay. a webcast okay. video that you can log into. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. with a shareholder account. I'm so looking at this. Um, so that was uh, that was all the buzz out of uh, out of that shareholder meeting and episode eight and some uh, Han Solo stuff too. So the last thing before we get into the Rebels recap is Celebration. We found out they're skipping 2018. And, and uh, a little interesting because, you know, ever since we got 2015, which I think was – Man, if you're talking about celebrations, that was a hell of a celebration. I mean, the stuff that they got to debut, the the trailer, all the Rebel stuff, the gaming, it was just a a, a maelstrom of awesome, some fantastic stuff, bringing it back. Uh, and then we got 2016, which went to, um, wait a minute, no, it was 2016 in Europe, right? And then, yeah, this year they're going mm-hmm. to Orlando. So we thought we were going to get into this little rotation thing, but that was quickly... Uh, dismissed because we're not getting anything in 2018 and it makes total sense because 2019 like is probably we're gonna they're gonna come back they haven't actually said yet but i'm thinking 2019 you got so many things coming out you got episode uh nine coming out the last of this new trilogy you got star wars land opening i'm thinking maybe uh it could be anaheim that time again i mean everything would shape up to to that to that happening so i don't know you got any thoughts on that yeah that's that's what i think most of us are expecting anticipating is that it's going to be it's going to be anaheim in 2019 uh it would be nice it would be yeah. nice because because we would definitely be there with the main saga yeah yeah, yeah. with with the main saga stuff because it seems like like the europe one seemed like it was kind of a letdown at least for us that did get to go not a lot came out of there it wasn't a saga time frame so uh not much came out of that one and this year is actually a saga one next year won't, won't be a saga one to be han solo and maybe whatever they announce but i totally understand what they're doing so um god i got my fingers crossed because i will be there 29 can you imagine getting to go to celebration the opening of star wars land not to mention just the whole fact of being out in a celebration again that'd be that'd be such a kick in the pants if we get to do that again man that'd be awesome so i'm yeah i got my fingers crossed that that's gonna happen so yeah, me too. That is what happened lately. That's what's happened lately. Anything else, Mike? You want to mention before we uh, head into the recap? No, let, let's do it. Let's let's jump into it. All right. You're in the wrong place. Yeah! Come on, Rebel! Come on! This is our rebellion, and it's exactly this moment I've been waiting for. Now it's time for the Rebels recap. Come home. Rebel. Yeah. All right. Let's start off with Double Agent Droid. As a Sentinel-class landing craft detaches from the Ghost, Wedge Antilles tells Hera, Zeb, and Ezra over the intercom not to worry because they will get clearance codes before you know it. Despite uh, Zeb and Ezra's thoughts, Hera is confident that she has the best team on the job. 
AP5 stresses that he wants the mission to go pre precisely as planned and that they need to acquire their clearance codes for the attack on Lothal. AP5 stresses that it is his mission and that Captain Sundula was specific about him being, uh, about this being his operation due to his set uh, skill set and experience. When Wedge tells them to argue somewhere else, AP5 boasts that anything you can do, I can do better. The two argue while Reg remarks that he now knows why nobody else volunteered for the mission. So, folks, we're going to try to get you through Double Agent Droid. You know, there was a lot of chatter about yeah. this one. Actually, <clears throat> actually, I saw some good stuff talking mm -hmm. about and bad stuff. But uh, we're going to take you through it. Wedge is back. and yeah. he, Wedge is back, you know, and he's got uh, he's given his own mission. And, of course, he's got to take AP5 and, and chop it with him. Yeah, poor yeah. Wedge. It's no, it's no wonder he's yeah. indestructible because he made it through this episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this episode is a bit of a stinker. Uh, you know, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah, no, I get you. I we were talking before we started recording, and I said, uh, you know, we got Darth Maul fighting Obi Wan Kenobi next week. Uh, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is closing in on the rebels on Adelon. I, I, all that stuff with agent Callus going on and, you know, like what's going to happen with Callus. Um, the rebellion is forming around us and we stop for an episode about two droids and their silly hijinks. And it's like, the, it's a season one episode in the middle of season three. And I don't know why they would just kill their momentum like this. Like we went, we went from the Mandalorian stuff, uh, like, right? Because we had that break, and that break was killer. It's like, it was like here's yeah. here's uh, one of the best episodes of the entire series, uh, with with Sabine learning how to use the dark saber. Take a week break, come, or was it a week? Two weeks? I can't remember. But we come back and uh, yeah. and you know we deal with the rest of the Mandalorian stuff. That's cool. Uh, what was after that? It was actually a couple of weeks, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah right. it was a couple of weeks, right? So we do the yeah. Mandalorian thing, and then we come back uh, the next week, and we do we do in, through Imperial Eyes, right? Yeah. yeah, and then last week was what happened on last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Must not have been a very good one. Um, uh, well, last week was God, what the year. I got we're going out so fast with these each week that yeah. um, sometimes I forget the names of them. But um, shoot, now, now you got me all yeah, tripping I, out. Too. This, this is the worst. I'm going to the episode guide. Uh, give me one second here. Um, so so we're talking about rules. secret cargo. We're talking through secret, secret. That's right. Last, last week was Mon yeah. Mothma. And although last week was a little bit of a slow burn, it was an important episode at least. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, and now like, I don't know. It, like, and then we just, we just flat out stop to tell yeah. a silly story about a couple of silly droids being silly yeah. and and not really accomplishing anything and nothing really changes it's like okay there's a little bit of of a suspensefulness the stakes are a little high at one point in the episode but then by the end of it like i'll grant you this the scene at the end with hera was worth the whole ordeal because mm. that scene with her was like 
wow, a little bit of passion from one of our from one yeah. of our rebels for a change. Like like that's what made that's what made the episode with with Sibian's training, right? The Trials of the Darksaber. Such an interesting episode because all of a sudden, you know, um, as well as the season premiere with with Ezra, right? Like, let's get a little bit of emotion into these characters. I feel like the last few weeks, the last this season in general, has been very. We came into it with such high stakes of like, mm-hmm. Kanan's blind, Ezra's falling to the dark side, Ahsoka's gone, <clears throat> um, Hera is busy forming the rebellion with with Phoenix Squadron and and Bail uh, Organa and and uh, and uh, all these other characters. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And I I there's all this stuff. It's so charged, right? And then, you know, we have that first, that one hour season premiere coming back and it's so intense and everything's so great. And Hondo is there and Ezra is, you know, we're questioning, is he, is he falling to the dark side? Is he, is he good? Is he bad? And then we come back the next week and it's like, oh no, he's not falling to the dark side. Everything's fine. Yeah. Kanan, Kanan talked to him. Kanan also doesn't have to worry about anything. He can see just fine with the force. Him being blind is not at all a disadvantage for him and it nor is it mm. nor is it this like and we've we talked about it a couple of times where it's like wow his ability with the force seems to have grown exponentially because you know like he's now he has to trust the force that much more but like it hasn't it hasn't changed the way that he uses the force it's just changed the degree to which he uses it um and it's just like you know, episode after episode of sort of like mediocre, okay storytelling. And I think at the end of the day, like this season's kind of just here. I'm going to run through it real quick. We're going to run through it real, real quick. Uh, Steps into shadow, intense episode, holocrons of fate. Um, obviously that's our second episode of the season and, and sets us on the, the Darth Maul, Obi-Wan path. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but that's like way early in the season, the Antilles extraction, it's half decent, right? We got the introduction of Wedge. Hera's Heroes, not the best. The Last right. Battle, great episode, right? Yeah. Imperial Super Commandos, kind of meh. Iron Squadron, not very good. Uh, the Wayne Cathu right. job, mostly boring. An Inside boring. Man, not that interesting. Uh, Visions yeah. and Voices, we're back on the Darth Maul storyline, kind of interesting. Uh, Ghosts of Geonosis, huge letdown, right? So much mm-hmm. hype. Not as good as the hype. Um, Warhead, throwaway episode. Who cares? Right. Trials um, of the Dark Saber, one of the best episodes of the series. Legacy of yeah. Mandalore, pretty good. Through yeah. Imperial Eyes, a decent episode. I, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, and then Secret and Cargo. Then Secret Cargo, important but not that well executed in my opinion. Um, a half decent episode at best. And then Double Agent Droid, a real stinker. Like obviously, hands down, the worst episode of the season. Um, but overall, like, like that is sort of a, a lukewarm season overall, you know, uh, we only get 20 episodes a season and we've wasted so many of them on just kind of silly stories that don't really go anywhere. Um, would you say this, this particular, and this, in this intro, yeah. uh, again, this is kind of a, I, I understand that's a, an important, um, 
this mission is an important one, right? Like they have to get these codes to get to, sure. they're going to attack, they're going to attack Lothal, right? So they're going to need these codes. And, and so this mission that they go on is an important one, but like you said, this could have been, I, I think you said this before we were recording, it's like one of those five minute episodes where you figure out, oh, okay, they did that because yeah. we need to have to have the codes. Do we need a whole episode on it? And yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I, I wrote that down like, yeah, it's an important episode. They had to get the codes, but Man, I don't know. You know, it's you know what's crazy to think too. Like, did you if you watch the Rebels recap, even Dave Filoni admits it's a filler episode. Like, yeah, he just right. He says the he says the word filler. You know, and it's like if Dave's telling you that, then I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to tell you because it it's just that's the way he sees it, and that's the way I see it. And oh, but well, there's, there's more. Hey, there's more later on. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing. I think what's happened this season is that we have we have three major story arcs. I'll give it. I'll give you four major story arcs, if you want to split Thrawn from from the Fulcrum story. Um, you've got Grand Admiral Thrawn closing in on the Rebels on Adalon. Right, last season the Rebels found Adalon. It was a big deal, and now they're gonna have to leave. Um, the fulcrum story of like who is fulcrum he's an imperial agent that that's helping uh, uh the the rebellion turns out to be one of their former greatest enemies agent callus he's turning to to the good side and he's becoming a hero uh we've got the mandalorian storyline with with sabine right which is a three episode storyline and will will culminate in the season finale there's a preview floating around that uh, like a tv spot um, that uh, that Jonah Marie had on her Twitter, so people can uh, can look yeah. for that. Um, I retweeted it on the Rebels Twitter, so you can find it there. Um, and then we've got the Darth Maul Obi Wan storyline. So in Clone Wars, I can tell you exactly how this would have played out. We would have had a season premiere that might have set up Thrawn. That like whatever happens, and then right at the end of the episode, Thrawn shows up. Right. And then we wouldn't have heard from Thrawn for the rest of the season. And that and the final four episodes of the season would have been that story as actually like the final four episodes of the season would have been the Darth Maul Obi-Wan stuff. So the second to last arc would have been the Thrawn stuff. Mm -hmm. Then we would have gotten a four episode arc about Darth Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi that would have been everything that we've gotten because if you count it out like it's three episodes really that that we're getting and and you know i think you could you could break one of them into two probably this one upcoming one um the the this the sabine episode the sabine storyline four episodes right we've got three already it's going to continue in the in the season finale right um like that that's how and so right there you have 16 episodes uh like somewhere around 15 or 16 episodes depending on how long those arcs are and then you throw in a couple like you throw in a one-off episode so um let's see uh, if i go through that list again a great one-off episode to do is the the last battle right doesn't need anything else just the last battle it's really great you do the season premiere and then you do the last battle and then the other one maybe you do the antilles extraction and that's your your 18 episodes and you know maybe you make the antilles extraction a two episode story instead of just a one episode story right hmm. and i and like that's your clone wars season and when you look at it that way it's like oh that would have been a really cool season 
right? But instead, what do we get? We get like a cool episode and then an okay episode and then a half decent episode and then kind of a stinker and then a really good episode and then a not so great episode and then an episode that I don't care about and then an episode that's not that good and then an episode that I also don't care about and then a really important episode about Darth Maul, right? And then a char- an episode that was supposed to be <laughs> yeah. a big deal like when Chewbacca showed up on the Clone Wars, but it was really irrelevant and could have been any Wookiee. I ghost of Geonosis, right? Like, like, did it need to be Saw Gerrera? No. Did we really get any extra information about Saw that we didn't already get from Rogue One? No, nothing. Yeah. Right. Like, I, it just, I don't know. I, I feel like they kind of phoned it in this season. I feel like there's, there are some really great stories to tell in this world that they've created, and for some reason they're focusing on all this, this silliness. Um, we mm-hmm. talked about it last week, I think, or maybe the week before, but I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that it's on Disney XD and it's got to be an, an encapsulated episode. Um, yeah. They want kids to be able to tune into it at any time and know what's going on and not have to have seen the first episode or the last episode. That said, I think Clone Wars did a great job of of telling stories over a four episode arc but having each one of those arcs be about something, right? When you think about the, um, the, uh, uh, was it Undara? Umbara? Umbara. The Umbara, Umbara arc, yeah. right? Like, there were, like, that has an overall storyline about, about, uh, uh, Krull, right? And, and the fact that he's slowly turning to the dark side and, and Rex and a couple of the other clones are noticing, right? And what, ha- like, it's, it's the reverse order order 66 right where it's like no this is why the order 66 exists right like like is in order to mm-hmm. in order to 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 deal with the jedi if a jedi turns to the dark side and goes rogue um it's order 66 right i don't know why i'm doubting that it's yeah, order yeah, yeah okay I, for a second there <laughs> I, I said it twice and was like is that is right, that right? <laughs> um yeah but within that, there's like there's the episode where they where they have to to steal the fighters in order to take out the the um the what's it called the droid control ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they do, and they, and that's a great episode all by itself. As as a matter of fact, it's one of my favorite episodes of the series. I think when I when I really think back on it, and then there's the episode that is the one where like they confront. Kroll and and it's it's like there's it's all sort of like them trying to figure out what what the deal is with him and like like each of those episodes is is self-contained but it's also part of a larger story right like yeah. i think clone wars did a great job of that i don't know why they can't do that with rebels other than my suspicion that it is that it has something to do with uh XD. with disney xd mm-hmm. and saying like yeah. no this is a kid's show geared towards kids yeah well, I, I think this is something we'll definitely delve into more. Um, we were talking about doing uh, season well, when we do our season three recap uh, after we get up to our finale. We'll dive into this some more and, and about this season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. uh, go, let's, you ready? Yeah, to, you want to take the next one? I'll jump into the next one. I, okay, the Sentinel exits hyperspace and flies towards Killen seventy one. The shuttle approaches Killen Station, which is built onto the mountains. When the flight controller tells them they are in a restricted sector and requests their identity, Wedge tells them that he is A3GDS delivering service droids and transmits the clearance code B629. 
The flight controller clears their ship for landing at the Imperial Security Bureau base. AP-5 and Chopper disembark while still arguing. After Chopper passes, the sensor beeps. Meanwhile in space, the Imperial Information Office uh, crew of an Imperial Gazanti-class cruiser received the sensor's transmission. A communications officer informs the controller that an unauthorized droid has entered the ISB base on Killen-71. The controller thinks that this may be the spy droid they have been searching for and orders his crew to set course for Killen-71. So this is one of the only things that this episode kind of does right, but one of the reasons why this is a five-minute vignette and not a full episode Let's answer the question of how come they keep getting away with just repainting Chopper, right? Mm-hmm. He's an older droid. He's kind of in all these pieces. Um, still no explanation for who is repainting him all the time. And it's like every time he gets painted back to his his uh, haphazard uh, uh, orange and green, orange, green, and white color scheme, I don't quite understand. It's like if you're going to repaint him, why don't you give him a nice coat of paint? But whatever. Um, doesn't quite make sense, but that's okay. It's a kid's show. I, mm-hmm. but this does explain that like, well, most people just ignore droids, right? They are labor, right? They're, they're, they're not even considered, uh, I, you can't even say they're second class citizens. They're not considered citizens. They're considered utilities. They're, they're tools, right? right. So nobody thinks twice about a droid. I, uh, but, but, Thrawn does, and Thrawn has tasked this this group of controllers with finding the the uh, rebel infiltrators, right? These these spy droids that have been constantly showing up. In particular, Chopper, who is a very conspicuous mm-hmm. droid. Um, one of the most important things about this story that I think is like like just so ridiculous is that like okay, you've got Imperial Cadet wedge right knows what he's doing can fake it right they've got fake Mm -hmm. clearance codes i'm sure he has a cover story all this stuff right um and then you've got ap5 an actual imperial droid of course he's turned and 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 joined the rebels but he's an imperial droid and then you've got a super conspicuous uh, uh c1 droid that like nobody uses C1s anymore. They're totally yeah, out of date. Yeah. Um, and also like Chopper goes rogue all the time. Mm-hmm. He is not necessary for this mission. And what happens? He compromises the whole thing. He compromises. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just like AP5 says, he could have done it all himself. Yeah. AP5, AP5 did do it all himself. Chopper yeah. didn't do anything but get caught. Right. Like mm-hmm. that is the. It's so. I don't. It, it kind of just. I don't know. Chopper has definitely helped them out of some situations in the past, but in this instance, that didn't happen. Chopper was completely useless. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought. I just thought that was well, a little interesting. Yeah, and I th- and I think that was. I, I did write that too, down too, as well as what you're saying about him being an older model, and yeah. and that these kind of these guys recognize, like, wait a minute, you know, we what's he doing? You know, we don't, we don't even use those things anymore. So I kind of like that portion of it and I'm explaining that they can't pick up on stuff like that. And, and Thrawn actually does it too. So, um, the two droids head to the central computer where chopper beeps in binary. AP five responds that these terminals connect to the central office. Uh, but that most, uh, that the most current code will not be accessible here in space. The Gazani cruiser approaches killing 71. When a female comm officer asks three, nine, where the, 
where is the data scan update? He responds that he is tracking 7161. An image of the Rebel Sentinel craft at Killen 71 appears on the data screen. The communications officer confirms that the droid that triggered the alarm arrived on that shuttle. The controller checks archival data on unidentified Rebel droids and recognizes Chopper as an outdated C-1 series astromech droid. He believes that Chopper is the droid, the infantry that Grand Admiral Thrawn has referenced in his manual on the Phoenix Squadron. 3-9 wants to inform Killen Station, but the controller insists on informing the ISB after he has what he needs from the spy. So here again, where we're, they're talking about how it's an old C-1, outdated C-1 series, easily for them to pick up on that something yeah. is wrong here. Yeah. And also the fact that the mistake that this guy, this controller has, that he goes, you know what, I'm going to hold off. I want to get some information. I don't know what his ultimate plan is, like what he's going to get out of it, maybe a promotion or something. But he's not going to say anything to the ISB. He's just going to try to figure out what he's going to do and, and take over the droid and try to fix it himself, which turns out to be a bad plan. We'll get to that. Uh, you want to continue, Mike, and get to his first clip? Yeah, sure. Uh, back on Killin 71, AP-5 finds the central computer core, but is confronted by a female RA-7 protocol droid called PZ-7. AP-5 informs her that PZ-7 has been reassigned to the cargo platform and that he is her replacement. Uh, he manages to download the coordinates for Lothal within seconds and boasts about handling the mission by himself. Meanwhile, 3-9 reports to the controller that Tropper is trying to access the network terminal. The controller is pleased because he thinks that he can ac extract the location of the rebel base from Chopper's memory. As Chopper accesses the terminal, a spark of electricity convulses his chassis. The controller boasts that Admiral Thrawn will be pleased. When 3-9 reports that no base coordinates were stored on the droid, the controller decides to use Chopper to lead them to the base instead. Unknown to AP-5, the Imperials are watching him through Chopper's visual processor. The female comm officer informs the controller that the inventory droid has accessed the Lothal orbital access codes from the main computer and warns that there is danger. He decides to let the rebel droids escape in order to learn the location of the rebel base. Controller, the rebel droid is attempting to access the network. Perfect. This means I can now extract the location of the rebel base from its memory. Capture it. Admiral Thrawn will be so pleased. Sir, there are no base coordinates stored on this droid. If it cannot divulge the location of their rebel base, then I will use it to lead us there. Initiating takeover. This droid's resistance to reprogramming is admirable, but ultimately futile. Controller, I verified it. That inventory droid has accessed Lothal orbital clearance codes from the main computer. There is a danger. I calculate a 31% risk of the rebels successfully using the codes, but we have an 82% chance of learning the location of their base if we let them escape and track them. The odds are with us. So I got some odds there. You know, he's talking about they're willing to take that chance. Um, there's a chance that a yeah. it can all blow up in their face, but 80 per, 80 plus percent chance that they're going to find this rebel base. So of course they're going to take that chance. 
And uh, kind of an ingenious plan, though, to actually take over him. And he has the view of Chopper, and he kind of controls Chopper. And that ultimately leads uh, the crew to kind of feel something's wrong. But another another issue I had with this episode here, and this is and, and this could be nitpicky, and and but I just have to say it, like it's almost like they were so lazy that they couldn't even get anybody else but but Vanessa Marshall to play yeah. the the comm officer. It's like that was Hera, and it's like you could. Just pull anybody out of the office and have her do the lines. Like, I'm all I'm hearing is hair out of this thing. Is like, we're yeah. really that lazy there to are, do that, you know? There are, it's interesting. There are two different kinds of voice actors, right? There are guys like Stephen Stanton, who I uh, who like he's AP five this week. He'll be Obi Wan next yeah. week, and he's also Tarkin. And you know, like he's he's like four or five totally characters different. on the Clone Wars, and every one of those characters is a completely different voice, and he disappears. And then you talk to Stephen, which we have on several occasions, right? We hung out with him in yeah. celebration, and yeah. his personality, his voice, everything, totally different from any of the characters that he plays, right? Totally different. He just disappears, and like his voice work is just so good. And there's a few people like that that they just disappear, right? And then there yeah. are a few voice actors, uh, and Vanessa Marshall is one of them. She's a great actor. Her performance is always really good, but it's always her. She plays Gamora on Guardians of the yes, Galaxy right. Guardians. as well, yeah. And she just That's sounds right. all she she just sounds like an angry Hera, right? Like she just kind of mm-hmm. like she just takes the Hera voice and then just kind of goes, "I'm mad at everybody," right? Like it's just like I, that's terrible. I'm not a voice actor, yeah. but. Um, like, it's just sort of like, like this sort of more aggressive, angry version of, of Hera. Um, and that's just because like, like she's not, and she's, she's, she did the voice of a droid at one point as well. Um, was that in this episode? Maybe that was the PZ seven or whatever. She did the voice of that droid. Um, it was a female droid. Yeah. 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 Um, but I know she's done the voice of a droid before on rebels. I don't, I don't remember if that was this episode or not. Um, but, but yeah, like you can always tell that it's her. And then there's even like James Arnold Taylor, as good as he is at mimicking. Um, I can, I can almost always tell when it's James Arnold Taylor, right? Because like, Mm -hmm. there's just this little hint of his personality that makes it into his characters. Um, and there's sort of these ways that he, like his ways of inflection that he just doesn't shed. He'll take on other characters, and he'll that'll be more dominant but for somebody who's listened to james arnold taylor as much as i have um as much you know the both of us with with i i you know going back and forth on clone wars um Mm -hmm. as well as like he's also ratchet from ratchet and clank and he's also leonardo and ninja turtles like i've heard him in so many things it's like i always pick up his voice pretty quick um john dimaggio is another one you can always tell when it's john dimaggio that doesn't mean he's not a great voice actor he's awesome Bender is a great character and so is Jake the dog and everything he's ever done has been awesome. Right. But he has a very distinct voice and he's always a variation on that voice, you know, mm-hmm. and that's Vanessa Marshall. That's just what she is. Right. She's a very good actor. Right. Hera is a fantastic character. Um, but, but, you know, every character is going to sound kind of like Vanessa Marshall. Cause she's not, right. she's not an, in, in, impressionist right she doesn't do impersonations no um 
But then you go to Steven Stanton, and that's what Steven Stanton does. Like, the guy just disappears. And what he does when he does these characters is he takes one character, and he takes another character, like another actor, right? And he mixes them together, right? So, like, uh, his, uh, um, oh, man, what's the character's name? The Colonel, Mieber Gascon. Had mm-hmm. like a little bit of that that Walter Matthau thing, right? And I kind of I pointed right, that out when right. we talked to him, uh, yeah. uh, way back in the day on Frontlines. And then he was like, "Yeah, yeah, there's that, but there's also a little bit of this." I don't remember what the other character was, but he was like, "He's like, there's also this," and I put them together, right? And it's like, um, and I've heard I've heard other voice actors talk. I think it was James Arnold Taylor, where he's like, "When you're coming up with a character, sometimes what you do is like you start with an impression." And then you just do a bad version of that impression <laughs> until yeah. you've gotten far enough down the road that you're a new character, right? They, that, so, like, you've got a little bit of that. So, like, you start with Christopher Walken and then you kind of add this and that and the other thing. And so, like, is AP5 a specific Alan Rickman impersonation? Is it Hans Gruber? No, he's not Hans Gruber, right? But, you know, like, is he is it definitely Stephen Stanton channeling Alan Rickman and then creating AP5 out of that character? Like, I shouldn't say character out of that actor. Like, yes, 100 percent. That's what he's doing. Right. right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say, too. You just mentioned it like like you talk about Stephen, like he he did AP5 was kind of based on Hans Gruber, but it's not a total. Yeah copy of that you know it's like you said like a mix and and i'm not i'm not trying to bag on vanessa marshall i'm no, just no. bagging on like the crew like yeah it was just grab like, somebody so, else. like like they were so like this was such a, a throwaway episode that they didn't even bother yeah to get anybody else in that office to throw down a voice track they just like hey harry you're here just do this real quick yeah, don't like, waste oh the time gosh, on casting easy. we don't care about this episode um <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's, yeah it's this is the worst because uh, I love Steven. He's an awesome guy. He's so great. He's he's yeah. so uh, welcoming and he's such a warm person and uh, and like hanging out with him was really cool. Um, and talking to him on the podcast has been really cool in the past. And I don't know, maybe we'll try and get him on for next week to talk about Obi-Wan. But uh, I, he, he gets saddled with these episodes, unfortunately, because back on the Clone Wars we ripped into a sunny day in the void and that was basically just him. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll say exactly what I said when we covered that episode. I'm not saying a single bad thing about Steven Stanton. I think the guy is an incredible talent. I think like you guys heard me talk about it in, in terms of, of rogue one. He's my favorite character from rogue one. <laughs> right. And one of yeah, the reasons is because like, yeah. like, I, I vibed with that character. And then after the fact, I'm like, oh, well, it's Steven Stanton. Like, no wonder <laughs> I liked Admiral Raddus because it's Steve, right? Like, I know that guy and I and I like that guy. And he's always awesome in everything that he does. Unfortunately, sometimes his characters get stuck in these really kind of meh episodes. Um, and All it's right. not so much that this episode is bad. It's not bad. It's just like why it's like who cares you know we're talking about it as a filler and it's like a sunny day in the void was a pretty bad episode of of clone wars all things considered um it it was just like why is this happening on this show um Mm -hmm. this episode is like 
it's like it's a fine season one episode you know like if we were just meeting ap5 and chopper this would be a great introduction to their characters but we're not we're in season three and there are important stories to tell and we're stopping to do this yeah. You know, um, I mean, like the, the, we'll get there at the end of the episode, but it's sort of like there are two really standout moments in this episode. One of them is Hera and the other one is AP five. And it's <laughs> it's yeah. so odd and it's so out of place, but it. They sell it at the end and you're like, yeah, OK, that was fun. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's still like, like, what what is what is happening? I don't understand. Am I watching Rebels right now or is this a what joke? Is- but, yeah, yeah, um, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Um, hey, talking about voice actors, they got Josh Gad to do the controller, so that was kind of yeah. They got Josh Gad to totally phone it in on the controller. I, I don't, <laughs> I hate Josh Gad. I am not a fan of Josh. I don't Gadd. really know him that well. I just know he like he's a big. I guess he's a big Star Wars fan, obviously. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a huge Star Wars fan. Other than but, that, I don't really know too much about him. But yeah, um, yeah I don't like him. In is uh, is like the he's like the anti Steven Stan. Every time mm-hmm. I hear Josh Gad's voice, I just cringe. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> like he he's Olaf uh, in uh, in in Frozen, and like I don't have anything against Frozen. I think Frozen is a fine movie. Yeah, it got second act problems like most animated films, but um, Olaf is a terrible character. Olaf is just such a waste of time, um, and and Josh Gad is just, he just like overacts the crap out of that character. Um, mm. He thinks he's the genie from Aladdin. It's like, no, you're oh, not gotcha. that lovable, yeah. buddy. You're not Robin Williams. Take a hike. <laughs> um, and then in this, he just, all he does is talk like this. Yeah, I'm a, a bad thing. guy. You can tell yeah. because of the way that I talk. And right. it's like, you, that's not acting. I just did it. I'm not an actor. I, I just did. <laughs> Look, Dave, call me. I'm available. The next time you need somebody to phone it in, don't call Josh Gad. Call me. I'll just, you go. I, I can just, I'll just sit here and I'll record and you guys can do whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, where oh, are man. we? Where are okay. we? Uh, I got you. Uh, AP5 climbs aboard the ramp of the Sentinel shuttle and tells Wedge that he has successfully obtained the clearance codes and they must leave at once. When Wedge asks about Chopper, Chopper rolls up the ramp. Chopper then admits AP5 is the better leader. When AP5 asks Chopper what he's up to, Chopper talks back in Imperial Code 16 leading AP-5 to deduce that he is on standby mode. The controller uses the visual processor to monitor Chopper and AP-5. AP-5 is suspicious because Chopper has never been on standby mode before. During the journey, AP-5 tells Chopper that code 16 is an imperial code. When the reprogrammed Chopper insists that he is speaking his languages, AP-5 responds that he only uses code 16 when necessary and accuses Chopper of questioning his loyalty. In the cockpit, Wedge converses with Hera via hologram. Hera is pleased that everything went according to plan. He then asks AP-5, what is the matter with him? Chopper then offers Wedge a carton of blue milk. When Wedge notices the change in Chopper's attitude, AP-5 suspects that Chopper is being insincere, but Wedge welcomes the change. So there are, obviously AP-5 notices something's wrong here. This is not the way it is. And even Wedge yeah. is like, well, that's kind of weird, but he doesn't make much of it. He's just liking the fact that they're not bickering like they were in the beginning of the thing when they're talking, you know, he's saying, I can do anything you can do. And Wedge is like, no, you can't. No, you can't. And you can almost actually hear him say, Chopper, no, you can't, in the beginning part there. So Wedge is just, he's, he's just loving this, man. He's There's nothing going on. He can drink his blue milk and everything's cool. But AP-5 yeah. knows that something is a little goofy there. So 
Uh, you want to continue, Mike? We'll keep going. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'm All I'm right. gonna try and keep my mouth shut for the rest of the episode so that we can get through this. <laughs> Otherwise, okay, we'll be here all night. Uh, the Imperial <laughs> Controller and his crew watch the conversation and, and identifies AP-5 as a threat to his plan. When Chopper addresses AP-5 as Sir, the protocol droid thinks that he wants to take possession of the data disk. AP-5 warns Wedge that he suspects that Chopper may have been compromised on Killin' 71. Wedge thinks that he is being paranoid and insists nothing is wrong with Chopper. AP-5 follows Lieutenant Antilles into the refresher and insists on talking in private. AB5 warns Wedge that he saw Chopper being plugged into a network terminal and recalls his suspicions about Chopper's silent mode and the use of an imperial term. Wedge doesn't want to listen to conspiracy theories and insists on using the refresher. Chopper spies on the argument while hanging upside down. The controller surmises that everything is on track because the inventory droid has undermined his own credibility. He thinks it's a matter of time before Chopper leads them to Phoenix Squadron and the Rebel Base. Very clever. AP-5! Now we can talk privately, Lieutenant. Now, hold on, wait a minute. We don't have much time, so here's what I know. I saw Chopper plugged into a network terminal. When I found him, he was strangely silent, but I thought he was merely ignoring me, as usual. Then I heard him use an imperial term. Okay, stop. I don't have time for conspiracy theories right now. I really have to use the refresher. Everything is back on track. The inventory droid has undermined his own credibility. It is only a matter of time before the astromech leads us to Phoenix Squadron and then their rebel base. So I'm watching this, Mike, and I'm I'm like, and admittedly, I was kind of in and out of the episode because I, for a moment there, I wasn't kind of paying attention. And then all of a sudden I look over and this scene happens on him. But wait a minute, is he in the bathroom? What yeah, you the hear, you hear this? going on? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? I had to like skip back. I go, wait a minute, what am I missing here? I was like, I can't believe it. We're actually an episode, and he's in the freaking bathroom. And AP five, and of course, it's all about AP five. He thinks that's the code, like, hey, come see me in the bathroom so we can talk privately, because that's where all important decisions are made are in the bathroom. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's it was just like it was bonkers, man. I'm like, what is going on with this episode? And it even gets crazier later on. But I just thought it was funny. I mean, he's in the bathroom. AP five thinks that's that that like you said, their meeting place. Um the controller's already on. He was already actually on to AP five. He's like, man, AP five is getting really suspicious. Um but after this part he's like, oh okay, he's he's back to normal now. Our yeah. plans are still okay. Uh, but man, I just—it's just—it's just a funny thing to have a private meeting in a bathroom. It's—it's it's, to see that I was just laughing. I was the, like, the—the the joke is cute, but okay, I'm gonna be really quick about this. Okay, it—it it, it, Star Wars has some rules, right? And the fact that they uh, the controller has glasses also breaks this. It's—it's um, mm. it's sci-fi fantasy, right? And there's a certain element of it that like you really you break the the um the suspension of disbelief a little bit when you try and ground it um this is not star trek right this isn't this isn't i i you know um i uh, i robot like i'm talking about the novel not the movie this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't like a like heinlein or or you know like i i th- this is not 
sci-fi. I don't need to know that there are bathrooms in Star Wars. It's really not important to me. Um, It's fine if you're in a novel because you got to fill 300 pages somehow. It's one of my problem problems with with novels, Star Wars novels in particular, is like a lot of the time it feels like you know like we're just gonna spend some time doing this thing and explaining the surroundings um, because we have three hundred pages to fill because that's what makes it a novel. Um, but like this is Star Wars; it's fantasy. Like Luke Skywalker wears the same outfit throughout ninety percent of A New Hope. Right, he only changes his outfit once to get in the stormtrooper armor, and then once uh, to get into his flight suit. Right, but like Han wears the same clothes throughout that entire story. Right, and and you know after the fact, everybody goes like, like how could Luke learn how to use the Force so fast? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. So so you know a- after years and years, people retcon it and go, well, you know, hyperspace travel takes a long time. So it's like they were going from the outer rim to blah, blah, blah. So it took like a month for them to get there. I, you know that, right? It's, so it's not like they left Tatooine and then that just happened. It's like, well, that doesn't really vibe with with the fact that Leia was captured and then like she was going to be terminated. And then like they got there like a month later. That doesn't make any sense. Why is Luke still wearing the same clothes? Why is Han wearing the same clothes? Why is Obi-Wan wearing the same clothes? Is like they don't have any other outfits. Um, why is Lando wearing hands clothes? No. Yeah, why is Lando wearing hands clothes? <laughs> I, but it's a, there's a suspension of disbelief. Like these are these are fantasy characters. They don't go to the bathroom. They don't wear glasses. Like th- this stuff doesn't happen. It's why like in in um, I don't know. There's a few things. I guess like there's a scene. There's the scene with the blue milk, which which in uh, A New Hope, which imply like they're having breakfast or whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. the scene where they're eating in Attack of the Clones is, like, so weird and off-putting, right? And I think that's one of the reasons why. You know, like, like it, you just kind of, like, there's a few things that it's, like, uh, you're kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit. You're kind of right, kind of right. cracking through the suspension of disbelief. And this is one of those things. And then the end of yeah. the episode is another one of those things. So, like, in terms of canonicity, I just throw this episode right out the window. It, this didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Cause yeah. like, there's just stuff in it that it's like, no, I can't, yeah. I can't reconcile that with my star Wars. So if you can, that's fine. You can go ahead and leave this episode in your Canon. But the way that I personally choose to, to look at Canon is that like you keep what you want and you can discard what you don't like. I don't like stuff in the novels. I choose not to believe it. I choose not to acknowledge it. Um, and I've said before, I said it on, on front lines and I've said it on rebels before and I've said it on, on quiver as well. Um, I'm a, I'm a Superman fan. And in order to be a Superman fan, you have to read a lot of Superman content in order to get to the good stuff. And then that's what you keep. You keep the good stuff and you discard the bad stuff. And that's Superman, right? Yeah. Um, if you try and hold on to everything, you'll drive yourself nuts. So for me, it's like this (laughs) episode, there's some stuff in it that I just can't reconcile, but yeah. And, and and you're right. It does. I mean, I thought it was funny and everything, but I think you're right. It sometimes that that fourth wall makes sense to me because, like in episode two, I just thought it was weird that when Anakin meets Klee Lars, there's a there's a, a point where they kind of come together and they, they like handshake, and it's like I've never seen a handshake in Star Wars before. It just kind of took me out of it for a minute. Like mm-hmm. that was just kind of. Weird. I know that's like the bizarrest thing to say, but for me, 
that fourth wall thing you're talking about, that kind of put me out of it because it's like, it's just never something you never see in Star Wars, like uh, like a handshake. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. It was just, it was just kind of weird. So I, I, I get what you're saying as far as the uh, breaking the fourth wall. It was just a, it was just goofy, you know. I thought I thought it was funny, but it was just like <laughs> it's is, a good joke. It's, it's definitely a good yeah. joke. It's not a poorly yeah. written joke. It just yeah. doesn't have any place in it's Star just, Wars. That's yeah, that's yeah. my thing. Is that. It's like how some people really don't like the last shot in The Force Awakens because a Star Wars movie is supposed to finish on a wide shot oh, right, of a, right. with a stationary camera, right? Steve Steve Glosson hates that shot because it's yeah. not that's not Star Wars to him, and it's like, yeah, then you can like, but that, here's the thing: it's not really the last shot of the movie. The last shot of the movie is is um, the them when they're flying away and, uh, and all the characters are all lined up and C-3PO is waving goodbye and like Lu- uh, Leia and, and yeah. Poe and everybody's there. I firmly believe that was supposed to be the end of the force awakens. And at some point in the process of making that movie, probably in the month or whatever, the six weeks that they had to take off for Harrison Ford's leg to heal. Somebody looked at it and went, you're aware that other than the, the flashback scene, mm-hmm. Luke's not in this movie. And right. somebody went, oh, we better put that at the end of the movie. And they it's put an it after the credit scene. Yeah. 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 Um, because right. they were doing that, that Skellig Michael stuff way at the end of the shooting um, mm-hmm. after the studio stuff. That's not usually how that works. So yeah. I think I firmly believe that they, that that was totally like a pickup and like not necessarily reshoots pickup, but like a last minute, like, okay, let's, um let's figure this out. Where's Luke? <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's the movie has no payoff without it, and so like really like that last shot is that last shot, but and then we what we get is actually it's like Back to the Future too, right? Back to the Future ends, everybody's happy and like he's back and like he opens the box and it's his dad's books and then he's like here's the keys to your truck. He goes out to the truck and he's like ah oh, it's my truck, let's go to the lake and th- like that's the end of the movie and then and the the time machine shows up and and it's it's doc and he's like we gotta we gotta go back to the future and <laughs> yeah. and he and then they go and they take off and like that's actually the beginning of back to the future too i think that yeah. that's how the force awakens ends anyways i said <laughs> i wasn't gonna talk anymore and now i'm ranting okay. about the force we're gonna awakens. we're gonna motor through this let's do it yeah uh the sentinel docks with the ghost while ezra and zeb play a game of jarg ab5 presents the clearance code and tells specters he he saved the codes from chopper Wedge adds that AP5 and Chopper were playing some sort of spy game. When Ezra asks where Chopper is, AP5 pleads for his comrades to listen to him. A suspicious Hera asks Chopper where he is and heads to the ghost's cockpit. She asks Chopper what he is doing with the hyperspace log. Chopper responds that he is updating his database. When Hera tells him he is not making any sense, he claims that the files were wiped on uh, Killin 71. Back in the common area, Wedge recounts how AP5 followed him into the refresher Hera enters the common area to warn the other rebels that she thinks something is wrong with Chops. AP5 expresses vindication while Wedge observes that Chopper has been curiously nice to him. Unknown to the other rebels, Chopper is watching them from behind. Ezra suggests that Chopper short-circuited while Hera recommends running a diagnostics scan. Go ahead, Michael. Keep going. Uh, Suddenly, the ghost lists as the ship exits hyperspace abruptly. When Hera demands the chopper explain why, he beeps back in binary. Hera tells the rebels that he is in the engine room. When AP5 asks whether they should all go, Ezra accuses him of cowardice. 
The rebels head into the cargo bay, but Chopper seals them inside. I don't know why they all did that. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. um, AP5, and like especially with AP5, like I feel for AP5 in this episode so bad. Yeah. It's just like, why won't anybody listen to me? Uh, <laughs> AP5 and Hera demand that Chopper opens the doors. Uh, instead, Chopper locks them in and detaches the ghost from the Sentinel shuttle. When AP5 remarks that he told them so, Hera puts a reassuring arm around him and tells him that they will listen next time. There if there go. is a next time, as, as uh, AP5 says. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. the Imperial-controlled Chopper recovers the stolen clearance codes. 3-9 informs the controller, who then orders Chopper to install a data spike onto the Ghost's navigation computer. Back aboard the Ghost, the Rebels try to force the hatch open in vain. The controller has no need for prisoners and orders Chopper to open the cargo bay hatch doors to space. The Spectre struggle to cling on and avoid being sucked into space. Hera manages to use an access panel to manually reseal the doors. Watching through Chopper's visual processor, the controller thinks that the Rebels are a short-term problem because the download is underway. Hera realizes that someone is using Chopper to download the location of Chopper Base. Hera says they need to override the hatch control, but that it involves going outside. Since AP-5 doesn't need a spacesuit, she suggests he do, he do it. Uh, AP-5 is reluctant, but Hera insists that they don't have much time. While Chopper downloads the data from the nav computer, AP-5 climbs onto the hull, but is spotted by Chopper and the controller. While AP-5 accesses the override uh, circuitry, Chopper, who is armed with two blasters, exits the ghost and attacks his friend. The controller thinks success is imminent and orders his crew to search the archive memory for the location of the rebel base. Chopper does a second loop in space and attacks AP-5 just as he manages to unseal the cargo bay. Chopper pushes AP-5 into space and flies back into the ghost cockpit. Uh, we'll, we'll keep going since we yeah, said sure. we were keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all, all right. just action, so let's let's just wrap it up. Zeb okay. stuns Chopper with his bow rifle and remarks that he uh, that he wanted to do it for a long time. Ezra removes the data spike, sabotaging the data transfer. When Wedge remarks that it looks like the Imperials may have gotten what they wanted, Hare advocates striking back against the Empire for messing with her droid and tells Zeb to get him up. She decides to reverse the feed on them and sends back more data than they expect. As Chopper convulses, 3-9 reports that the circuits on their Gozanti cruiser are overloading. The female comms officer reports that their fuel cells have been compromised. The data overload causes the Gazanti cruiser to explode with its crew aboard. Hera tends to her droid and pleads with her buddy to come back to her. Despite their dislike for Chopper, even Zeb and Ezra express sadness. Suddenly, Chopper begins to reboot. Hera, Ezra, and Zeb are elated to see their friend again, with Zeb remarking that he can't believe that he is glad to see Chopper. So this is, this is one of those scenes that I was talking about. This is just an amazing... Like, the mm. performance from Vanessa Marshall as Hera in this scene is so good. Because her calm... Um, she she's the leader right and she's we refer right. to her as team mom right so mm -hmm. her calm controlled i uh, i uh, attitude her exterior shatters it doesn't even crack it just shatters and we see you know what happens when uh when you uh when you when you confront the mama bear right <laughs> oh yeah for sure because chopper is the first member of this team other than her mm -hmm. Right. She built Chopper as a kid and yeah. and like has had him forever. So um, 
yeah she like this means a lot and the when she like she reverses the feed and she's not just like i'm gonna fry their circuits so that they don't have the data she's like no i'm taking out that goes anti-cruiser like oh, they're, they're connected Brutal, yeah. to us it's a pretty yeah. hardcore connection in order for it to work through hyperspace so like if we reverse the feed we'll be able to overload their entire ship and she does that and the ship explodes all those people on it dead <laughs> like that's yeah. the thing yeah. she takes out a, a whole cruiser it's like is this really a kid's show i don't know that it is sometimes um such a great scene such a great scene um, yeah and uh, I, and and as well as the effects of it just like all like the the lightning and everything always looks so good yeah that that was pretty crazy that was yeah that's like you said man that's some serious uh vengeance right there and yeah and and that's another thing and you mentioned it that i got out of this was that Hera and Chopper, that relationship, um, I never realized like how I forget that she found this droid in what a um, uh, a, a crashed Y wing. And a Y wing, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So she, this was a while ago. So they've been together for a long time. Um, this is almost akin to like a an R two Luke type relationship. It is for sure. Um, so yeah, for so so yeah, definitely that was a cool part of this episode and just seeing her like, hey, yeah, like I said, don't mess with my. Uh, with my kids here um let's finish it up micah while floating in space ap5 remarks that he should uh be frightened but finds himself strangely calm he embraces a solitude of silence just as he is surrounded by a herd of baby nebrae his solitude is abruptly interrupted when he is rescued by the ghost much to his chagrin the specters and wedge welcome chopper aboard ap5 confronts chopper who is apologetic however ap5 thinks that chopper is still compromised in response, Chopper whacks him with his uh, with his appendages and also accidentally strikes Wedge. Wedge remarks that he has had enough with the droids and insists on flying solo. Hera watches from above and jokingly says, "Don't mess with my droid." The silence, solitude. Oh, this is beautiful. I'm in a world all my own. I do not feel alone. It's easy to see, I fit perfectly in this wonderful, beautiful city. No, 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 go away. I was so happy. Nice save, AP. Yeah, AP, we all owe you one. You tried to scrap me. <laughs> if you are apologizing, I fear you must still be compromised. Ah. Ow! <laughs> oh, sorry for being nice. I'm done with droids. From now on, I fly solo. Come here, trash can. Why you? <laughs> like I said, don't mess with my droid. All right, I'm watching this, and I see AP5 break into song. And for a minute there, I look around, and I think to myself, where's Aston Kutcher? I'm being punked right now. Come on. <laughs> Come on out, Aston. Aston, yeah. where are you? Because this is – here's another part. I'm like, what are we at, the Christmas special again? But I think you have a different perspective on this, Mike. It's, it's funny because I was watching this, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This episode, it's almost like they thought to themselves – let's just this is a this is a filler let's just have fun let's just throw everything at him and then see what happens you know yeah and this is another part where it's so funny and 
and seeing the behind the scenes and they, she was asking Stephen Stanton and he's like, uh, and Stephen's saying something like, Dave, are you sure you want me? Are we yeah. really doing this? You know, yeah. he's even, he's thinking like, really? So I don't know. You, you might, it sounds like you have a different thought on this. So what do you think? I mean, I, I, I thought that it was great. I thought that it was, a, it was a funny moment. I, it, much like uh, the refresher yeah. scene. It's like, it's funny. I just don't know that it belongs in Star Wars. <laughs> it's um, so crazy. There's oh, a man. there's a connection here I think that that um that maybe people are overlooking and that is like Stephen Stanton's channeling Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman played Marvin the paranoid android in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And mm. this moment really reminds me of that the the movie, the the movie version of of Hitchhiker's Guide, which has a like it has the 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 song at the beginning the so long and thanks for all the fish and all that. And it's sort of, it's sort of that same sort of thing. It felt like it, it, that's what, that's what I think they were going for was this sort of little homage to hitchhiker's guide. Um, cause it's sort of like this weird moment of beauty in deep space. And AP five is like, Oh, thank God. Like peace at last. (laughs) Right. Um, and then, and then what happens? He's, he's, quote unquote rescued um and uh, and and it's like it's like the last thing that he wants and that's very much like a, a marvin the paranoid android um from mm-hmm. hitchhiker's guide sort of thing of of like well if i'm dead at least then i don't have anything to worry about right like yeah i yeah and that sort of ap5's thing is like he's like he's like guy a, a depressed version of c3po you know, mm-hmm. C3PO is yeah. neurotic, but he doesn't, have, he's not depressed, but yeah. AP5 is a depressed version of a droid. Um, oh yeah. Sure. And so yeah. like, I think like, th- I think that's where that was coming from. Um, mm-hmm. And it yeah. was kind of cute and it's, you know, but, uh, but it's kind of, yeah. it's weird enough for anybody to sing a song in star Wars, unless you're in Jabba's palace. But then I, uh, for it to be a droid is even stranger, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I here's it's the thing: like, you can't do anything about it. You can't undo it. Yeah, so. yeah. And and th- I'll just say that this episode wasn't for me. It, I mean, I'm sure that I've seen some people online and stuff that thought it was kind of funny and had some mm-hmm. good parts to it. For me, I mean, it has a couple funny jokes. Not an episode for me. And I think another yeah, you, thing that they, you guys can go ahead and just leave it off of the season three Blu-rays. We're good. <laughs> Here's the thing with this, Mike. It was what was crazy about this is that it's almost like Lucasfilm felt the same way because before this episode even aired here in the States, as far as like YouTube and, and even on at Disney XD, they had they were promoting next week's episode, Twin yeah. Sons, before this one even aired. So it's almost like they didn't even have any, you know, it's just like, hey, we're just going to put that out there. We, we're going to get to Twin Sons, but we got to get through this week first. So even even in their point of view, to me, it seemed like they were just like, this is just one of those, like I said, throwaway episodes. And um, we'll, we'll have a little fun with it and we'll get to the meaty stuff next week. So, um, again, not for me, but um, that's, that's kind of where I stand. Uh, anything else, Mike, before we get to... Uh, no, let's ju- let's jump into the mail and see what everybody else. Oh, right. message. The Rebels podcast. No lot to conjure club. Mailbag. The council is asking you. So we got the first email from Kevin Isaacs. He says this week's episode was so bizarre to me. 
I don't usually laugh at the jokes in the show, but AP5 did not miss a beat for me. The singing at the end was so strange and surreal that it worked for me. He is the Squidward of Rebels. This episode also threw me for a loop, as I expected the data the Imperials got to be enough to locate the base. I'm curious as to how Thrawn will locate the base and finally stop dragging out his plan. Question, who do you think will kill Maul next week? Or will he die at all? I always thought Kenobi, but now I'm listen, uh, I'm leaning towards Ezra because that would give him some significance to being there. Can't wait to listen to the podcast. So a couple of things here, Mike. Uh, he's talking about the episode. He had a, he didn't have a problem with some of the, the jokes, which is fine. You know, I, I, like I said, some people liked it, and I forgot reading this part that he did actually like uh, some of the jokes on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also talking about Thrawn here. I think the fact that Thrawn, he's going to – I don't know necessarily that he needs to know. Any, I think he's got it down right now. Uh, he's been, you know, kind of throwing out planets here and there and systems. And uh, I think that he's already uh, got the, he, I think he knows where it's at now. And it's just getting to that season finale to um, figure out, or to, to have him show how he's going to exploit the rebel base. Um, yeah. and, the, and the last thing is Maul. And I think he, I, this is the thing. I think that he's on something here as far as, because I thought this myself, like we forget that, Ezra is a part of this next episode, and they haven't really shown anything about that, haven't talked about it. So I'm really curious to see what Ezra's involvement in this episode. And you, it very well could be that Ezra is the one that that takes Maul out. We, it's totally up in the air, Mike. Uh, you have any thoughts, Mike, on this? Hi. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that the best thing that Obi Wan can do to get to get closure. Um, cause if you've seen the clip, the clip that plays at the end, the end of rebels recon, um, mm-hmm. and I don't, is it the one that you're going to play at the end of the episode? Uh, uh, it's similar, similar. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, with Maul sort of walking through the desert and he's like, he's searching yes. for Obi-Wan. Um, I honestly don't think that, that Maul's going to, desi- no, I don't think that his desire is to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. I think he wants to die. Like I think I think that that Maul uh. is like sick of it. He's he's not a Sith anymore. So that he's not like this eternal life thing is not what he's after anymore, I don't think. He's after he like he wants closure. And so I think that like he wants but he but he wants a good death. He's a warrior, right? He's a he's right. a he's a, a, a knight brother, so he wants a good death. And so he's he's searching out Kenobi because he knows that that's the only it's the only thing that's left for him like this it's destiny right um for them to come back together and 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 perhaps destroy each other um and i think that obi-wan just before a new hope um his mindset is gonna be like you know like the 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 greatest torture i could ever inflict on darth maul is to not give him the satisfaction mm. is to show him that I can beat him whenever I want. And that like, yeah. he can't defeat me. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> but then to stop just short, you know, it's kind of like, cause, cause he's going to face Vader soon after. And his game with Vader is like, strike me down. It doesn't matter. I'm more powerful than you. And you're a Sith. All you care about is power, but go ahead, do it. I will live forever in the force. And you'll be stuck in that machine in whatever, like, like semblance of life you call that. 
right? Like that's yeah. sort of that's Obi-Wan's attitude is like go ahead, do it. You're going to strike me down, I'll become more powerful, and then that kid over there is just going to defeat you anyways, right? Cuz you're half a yeah. man, so you're more machine than man. So I think like that's Obi-Wan's uh, uh perspective and and he's going to he's going to apply that to to Maul as well where it's going to be like I don't need to destroy you. You've already destroyed yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then I think that uh, I don't know if that will lead to Maul killing himself or if that will lead to Maul walking away and Ezra finishing the job because we need some we need some follow through on Ezra and the dark side. Um, right. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally Ez- agree with that. Totally Ezra, with that. Ezra might decide like, no, I'm not letting this monster go. Like if he wants to die, I'll I'll be the one to do it. Um, mm-hmm. maybe he'll use a crate dragon to do it. Remember when he used to be able to control animals with his mind? Um, yeah. hasn't yeah. happened at all in season three. That's, that's cool. That's fine. Uh, it's almost like we're watching a completely different show this season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like we need a little bit of something on that. And I don't know. I don't know. Well, like the thing that I like is that they've been hyping the crap out of this episode, but they haven't given us anything and yeah, I don't want it's very anything. tight. Yeah. Yeah, I, know. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to know. Tight. Yeah, yeah. I just want to watch it on Saturday night, right? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I said, we don't know anything, and it, it kind of so many. There's there's a few possibilities, and uh, like like you said, we're in the dark right now, and I like the fact that we're in the dark because there's like going into this episode, man, I can't wait to see what's going We'll talk about it in a second here. Uh, Mike, you want to take the next one from Martin? Sure, yeah. Uh, uh, Martin writes in and says, Hey, guys, I, I had a thought about this week's episode and how it'll more than likely split the fandom on whether this was a good or bad episode. I thought I'd, I'd pose you to a question. I thought of it after watching Rebels Recon this week and how Dave Filoni thought that AP5 floating in space, singing and playing with mini space whales was very funny. I thought it was memorable in an otherwise mundane episode, but nothing more. At least we can't say Filoni is being unoriginal. I digress. If you two were in the position Filoni was in, what offbeat, seemingly un-Star Wars thing would you put in the show to make you smile? I can't wait to hear what you guys cook up. Twin Sons is almost here. Uh, Matt, do you have a do you have a, a response ready for this? Oh man, uh, I'm just reading this now. Um... I could probably think of something off offhand. Why do you have something? I, uh, you know, I would, I would probably pull things from. Um, I want Boba Fett to show up, and I when he shows up, I want him to show up in the holiday special armor. Um, that's mm. just little stuff like that that I love um, to show that, like that that the paint scheme because the paint scheme changes between Empire and Jedi. Right. Like his gear changes between Empire and Jedi and to show that maybe like, I don't know, maybe you would even get into it and show that like Boba Fett, maybe he has more than one set of Mandalorian armor on Slave One. Like he's got his father's armor, which we saw him wear I, I towards the end of um, right. Didn't we do we saw him wear part of it, the helmet in yeah, Clone Wars. Right. He uses the helmet. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, or maybe that was, was just in the thirteen thirteen concept art. Anyways, like it just sort of like like the idea that maybe he has multiple sets of armor, or that he repaints his armor. Like, look at Sabine. Right, she repaints her armor all the time. So, like to show that, I think that could be really cool. I also, um, I'm with Anthony Carboni on uh, the Star Wars show. Like, like Tebow. 
Tebow mm. from uh, from the Ewok Adventures movies. They, they, the sort of weird Ewok like creature from those Ewok Adventures. But like I I I was a kid, so I liked the Ewoks. I liked the Ewok Adventure movies. Um, as a matter of fact, I liked the Ewok Adventure movies before I liked Star Wars, not really knowing that they were part of Star Wars. Um, mm. Like I liked Ewoks before I was a Star Wars fan. I so. Um, I would like to see some of that stuff come in. We brought in the Night Sisters, so we've brought in magic and all that sort of thing. It would be really cool to legitimize some of those stories and bring them back into canon. Um, I don't know if Star Wars Rebels is the right place to do it, but but those are some some sort of offbeat things that I would want to do for sure. I, I like the fact I like the the um, uh, the Easter egg type of thing where it doesn't necessarily have to be Star Wars Easter eggs, mm-hmm. but other Easter eggs from other properties that like the Indiana Jones away stuff and, that yeah them. yeah because yeah, those you know that's another favorite franchise of mine um I, you know I also love Lord of the Rings so I would probably whether it's the way things are shot or or um stuff that's going on in the show kind of do Easter eggs I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys that likes to look out for those things and I love the fact that when they do that in certain episodes especially like in Rogue One, it had tons of stuff. I love that kind of thing. So yeah, that would be not, it's not necessarily, and, and to make it on Star Wars, I would bring in other properties that kind of influenced or things that I liked uh, growing up and, and stuff like that. So uh, I'd try to figure out a way to get Jaws in the damn show somehow. But um, no, but you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that kind of thing. And there was one episode of Rebels well, they, they, where- They did a little bit of the Jaws tribute, right? Well, that's true, two. yeah. Yeah, in season two with the um, with the clones when they came back, uh, yeah. Rex and, and all them. So that was, again, that was, a, for me, I love that episode because there's so many callbacks to that. So that's the kind of thing I would do. There was a scene, I think it was this, was it this year where um, Zeb and I think it's Ezra were uh, on the sunset and they just kind of popped on some, like, quote unquote, like, you know, rock music or oh, something. Oh, yeah, and They were yeah. kind of just chilling. Uh, Remember that? Yeah. I, I think it was at the end of last season. Or was the end? Yeah. I think it was the end yeah. of last season, right before the season finale. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was. It, I think it was the episode right before the season finale. Totally, where yeah, and Zeb puts on the his music, and it's it was kind of like that eighties uh, Top yeah. Gun moment. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. For sure. And they're just kind of yeah. chilling, kicking back for a second. I was yeah. like, that was kind of cool. There's yeah. a there's that a little bit of the the galactic culture that that I always like it when little bits of it make it in. Um, mm-hmm. Like in in the Force Awakens, when we go to Maz's castle and we hear the music, and and in Jabba's palace and um, most Eisley and and uh, and you know the blue milk scene and in A New Hope and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. I I like those little sort of slice of life things that don't get into um, too much detail, but that just give the idea that like it's a living, breathing galaxy. Um, and that there's more out there than what we've necessarily experienced. One of the things that always drives me nuts in Star Wars uh, lore and like with the the expanded universe is when all we see are aliens that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like we don't get anything new. So it's like uh, like I, I talked about the Ewok movies before. And it's like you find out that on Endor, it's not like it's just Ewoks on Endor. They have there's animals and stuff. There's like those spider monsters and there's Tebow and there's there's like there's all these different other species on that planet. Um, and in the cartoon, we see actually in 
it's in one of the movies as well, isn't it? The big giant things. Um, I can't remember uh, what they're yeah. called, but I uh, yeah, like to, it's like, but it's like in the Force Unleashed when we find out like they they just use rancors like in three and both games use rancors as enemies yeah. and it's like why like we've seen <laughs> rancors before do something new right and then after attack of the clones it was the Ackley. the Ackley showed up everywhere and it was like yeah, yeah we get it the Ackley is really cool but we already saw that i it drives me nuts i like it when you get new stuff um yeah new new little bits and new new little slices of life and creatures and ships and uh new ideas coming in that's why like for me the prequels are great because the prequels are full of new stuff Mm -hmm. new 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 very different um the force awakens is also like the wrath tars are new and everybody i know that most people don't like the wrath tars because they're not it's not something that they're familiar with but i i implore everyone like treat the force awakens like it's your first star wars movie just watch it (laughs) one time with that as your mindset and and i think that you'll look at a lot of the scenes differently a lot of that stuff differently because it's like when that stuff is new it's kind of fun right like it's all those new aliens in in uh in in maz's castle and everything yeah Uh, but yeah that that's yeah that's that's my cool cool that's my feelings on it yeah yeah we had actually had a few more, but I'll save those uh, for next week in the in the uh, in the space of time. Here we got we got to finish it up here. Uh, next week, Mike, it is here. Twin Suns, something that uh, arguably everybody's been waiting for since we found out about this. This is the episode, uh, and here's a quick uh, tease that we got uh, from Disney XD here in the states. Check this out. I can feel his presence. See him. My mind's eye. Will it end here? Like this? Kenobi! Wow, that uh, that scream kind of gives you chills, man. Wow, this is yeah. going to be... This is setting up to be something. Uh, reacting to a vision of Maul, Ezra defies Hera and Kanan to travel to a remote planet in hopes of stopping the former Sith Lord from carrying out his plant so there you go i mean even the uh description talks about ezra helping out so man this is um i tell you what man i'm looking forward to this more than i am the season finale to be honest with you um but i can't wait till saturday man we're gonna have a lot of good stuff i think to talk about and uh i know there's a couple people who have seen this already and and i've heard some things but i don't want to you know kind of overhype myself so i'm just Looking forward to Saturday. Uh, any thoughts on what's going to happen here, Mike? I'm I don't know. I think we kind of already talked about it, right? I yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, and I don't want to know. I just want to watch it. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. We're ready. Bring yeah. on Saturday. I just, I just want some Obi-Wan, you know? Just give me some <laughs> after Obi-Wan. This week, man, after this week, man, I, oh, yeah. woo, can't yeah. wait. Good and then stuff. after that is the one-hour season finale on the 25th. Like, yeah. uh, we're almost done. We're in the home stretch. Two episodes left, basically. That's it, man. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week. That is it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can follow Matt as well, at the Crankster. That is Crankster with a K. Uh, We are a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. 
And you can head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other awesome podcasts in the network. Uh, and I'm sure, I am sure, I am positive that if you head there, there's something else that you'll enjoy. Um, we, uh, If you like what you hear, uh, you can support us by heading to store.thunderquack.com, which many of you have, and we appreciate that. Uh, and you can buy some merch with some Star Wars Rebels-inspired designs. Uh, as well as you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thunderquack. We talked about it at the beginning of the episode last week, and a few of you went ahead and you you pledged. So uh, thank you to awesome. all thank the you. new pledges. Uh, yeah. We appreciate you. And, uh, I, you know, we couldn't do this without you guys. So thank you very much. Patreon.com slash thunderquack. Kick in a couple bucks. Get some cool rewards. Exclusive podcasts um early access to some stuff uh access to the facebook group uh always good stuff going on in the facebook group really great community there um and uh and just really fun stuff and and uh, exciting stuff coming down the pipe so i thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week finally with twin sons yeah see you next week kenobi oh no